When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, it's Kev here, and I'd just like to say a big thank you to everyone who signed up to our Patreon or bought the show a coffee. It's sincerely the only reason you're listening to these words now. Without your support, it simply wouldn't be possible. So, as a thank you, I will now be producing a weekly short show for Patreons called Dark Bites. I will also be doing a longer episode once a month, solely for Patreons. This will be on top of receiving the extra episodes in between seasons and also receiving the standard episode two days before everyone else. So again, thank you. If you'd like to sign up to Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. I, like you, support the shows I listen to through Patreon. However, some people have asked if there's an alternate way that they can support the show. So, I'm glad to announce that if you're willing to support the content you listen to, you can go and buy me a coffee. It's a new website which allows you to make a one-time donation. And you can find the link for that, along with our Patreon link, in the show notes. Again, thank you to all of our supporters. You really do allow the show to continue. Live from Liverpool, The Dark Paranormal, Season 3. Hi everyone, thank you for once again joining me in The Dark Paranormal. I'd like to say a big thank you to everybody who reached out about last week's show, Witches in Suburbia. Once again proving what I found out in Season 1, that for some reason, witches still seem to hold something over all of our psyches. And I have a sneaking suspicion it won't be the last listener story we get about witches. Don't forget, any correspondence you wish to send the show, and indeed any stories that you wish to send me for the Dark Paranormal podcast, please send them on to the Dark Paranormal at hotmail.com This is your paranormal podcast and I want it to feel as such. Therefore, I'm eternally grateful for every piece of correspondence that comes through to me. So thank you again. This week's true paranormal experience comes in from our listener, Christine. And we head over to Eastern Europe for this one. And within it, we also hear about maybe something scarier than any ghost story. And that's what mankind is willing to do to itself during the horrors of war. However, before we get to Christine's story, I do need to say a very quick thank you to a couple of people who've supported the show, be that through Patreon or by buying the show a coffee. And they are Katie, Barbara Russell, Mercedes Chapman, Melina Marg and Corrine Wilson. 
Thank you so much. And for those of you who signed up to the Patreon, I hope you enjoyed today's first episode of the Patreon-only show, Dark Bites. Once again, thank you for all your support. And now, without further ado, leave your disbelief at the door and join me once more in the dark paranormal. A couple of years ago, my friend Tracy and I went to Budapest for a weekend getaway. Usually, when we travel, we stay in a main tourist area at a hotel. We decided to stay at an apartment this time, finding some spacious options that were less expensive than some of the more modern hotels. We found a large two-bedroom apartment through a booking website that was located within the old town of Budapest, just a short walk from shops and restaurants. The landlord had offered to meet us, but we weren't sure what time we would arrive on Friday, so he instead gave me the address and the code to get into the apartment. The instructions were quite clear, and it seemed like an easy enough plan. Go to the address, enter the codes to get into the apartment. However, after a few flight delays, we didn't end up arriving until it was well past sunset. We took the train from the airport, deciding that the apartment was close enough to the station that we could easily walk there. Even with our phone's GPS, we had a difficult time finding the right street, let alone the right address. The street was dark, and the addresses weren't clearly displayed on all doors. Finally, we found it, and we couldn't believe that this was the place we were supposed to stay. It was an ancient yellow brick building with maybe four or five floors. The front door was imposingly large and heavy and the code did not work on the first few tries. I was just about to text the owner when Tracy finally got the door to buzz us in. We both pushed the heavy wooden door open needing the extra effort to get it to move. We stepped into a large unlit foyer. Some light was streaming in from the street, but it was not enough to help us find a light switch. I turned on my phone flashlight and scanned the area. The floor was lined with old-fashioned chipped porcelain tiles, and the discoloured paint on the walls was old and peeling. It certainly did not look like the cheery pictures on the website, rather much older and not very welcoming. Apartment number 212, I announced to Tracy. Up we go, I guess, she said nervously, gesturing to a large curved staircase, lit only by the thin moonlight. We dragged our luggage up the double staircase to the first landing which wrapped around the staircase in a square pattern. Many of the doors did not have numbers. We circled the floor before finding the room just off a dark corner on the side furthest from the stairs. 212, Tracy yelled out 
her voice loud in the silence. Thank God, I said. It's so creepy in here. I don't want to keep wandering around. Tracy punched in the code to the key box as I read it out to her. Luckily, there were no issues and the door swung open and we stepped in. A noise that sounded like heavy footsteps came from deep inside the apartment. Startled, I weakly called out, Hello? There was no response. The light switch was on the right on the inside of the door, so I quickly switched it on. The place was quiet and empty. You... you heard that, right? I asked Tracy. Yeah, she said. Maybe it was just the door opening or something creaking. This is an old building. We both quickly turned on as many lights as possible as we looked around for the source of the noise. The apartment was dated but charming. It had elements dating back to what seemed like the 1940s, with brown wood trim and worn wooden floors. The kitchen was the most modern room in the place, with brand new appliances, a fresh coat of paint and new grey vinyl tiles. Off to the side of the kitchen was a small bathroom with a tiny shower stall. I threw my luggage next to the couch. I was exhausted after the ten-hour flight, an hour-long train ride into the city, and our attempts to find the apartment. So I went to the bathroom to freshen up. Next to the sink was a half-wall hiding a water heater in the darkness. I found myself compelled to shine my flashlight behind there to make sure it was not the source of the phantom footsteps. There was enough space for a person to be hiding, but no one was there, so I quickly forgot about the phantom footsteps in my exhaustion. Perhaps we were alone, as we should well expect. Feeling slightly refreshed, I took stock of the rest of the apartment. As you step out of the bathroom, there is a set of glass doors that led into a large living room that doubled as the bedroom-slash-TV room. Inside was a rollaway bed. Tracy said that she would take that room, which was fine with me as it was right next to the bathroom. I kept thinking back to the pools of darkness behind the wall and what could be hiding in them. The other bedroom was through another door off the living room. In it was a chest of drawers, a full-size bed, and next to the bed was another door to the hallway. I flung myself onto the bed, wanting to fall asleep, but I forced myself to stand back up and put away my things. We wanted to see some of the city tonight. We were both ready to venture out for dinner, As we went back through the moonlit hallway and down the grand, winding staircase, I wondered if it would just seem as imposing in the later hours of the night. That night, we went to a lively restaurant called For Sale Pub. I was looking forward to their homemade goulash and I was not disappointed. After dinner, we explored the ruined pubs 
The iconic bars set inside revamped abandoned buildings, stores and lots. The one we went to after dinner had old quirky furniture. A giant screen with 80s movies playing and rooms and rooms of theme bars. Tracy and I kept a running dialogue of all the things we wanted to do during our trip as we explored each of the rooms. It was around 2am when we made it back to the apartment. The silence feeling particularly eerie, especially after the lively bars. I don't think anyone else is staying here, I said quietly as we walked up the stairs, not wanting to disturb the people that I wasn't quite sure were even there. Once inside the apartment, we decided to go straight to sleep, so we didn't waste our weekend sleeping in. Tracy went into her bedroom and closed the doors, and I went into the bathroom to get ready for bed. As I was taking out my contact lenses, I heard a strange shifting noise from the dark room behind the half wall. I held my breath, listening for any other movement or sound. Nothing. I slowly let out a breath, still feeling compelled to be as quiet as possible, even as I reassured myself that it was just the water heater making a weird noise. The dark space made me feel uneasy. The thought ran through my mind again. What if someone, or something, was hiding back there? So, I picked up my phone and turned on the flashlight. I slowly peered into the little space and inspected the dark walls behind the water heater. I didn't see anything, but I felt like someone was watching me from the darkness. I pulled the chain to turn off the bathroom light. As I was halfway through the door, I heard a sound, like the shuffling of feet against the vinyl tiles, again from behind the wall. My hand shot out to quickly pull the string and turn the light back on. Even though I left the light on, I firmly closed the door behind me as I headed for bed. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to-do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. 
That's policygenius.com. I passed out quickly and had a very strange dream, as if being transported to another time as soon as I closed my eyes. I was walking down the flight of stairs in this apartment building, coming from the third floor. It was daytime, and light streamed in from the large half-circle window above the front door. As I got to the second landing, a little boy was crouched in the corner. He was playing with a rubber ball and jacks, a toy I hadn't seen since I was a child myself. He looked up at me, his dark eyes sad and lost. What are you doing here? I asked. He stared at me with large, dark, brown eyes. I'm getting ready for a party for my daughter, I said. Do you want to come and help me? He reached out and took my hand, and we walked down into the apartment together. The apartment looked different. The design was the same, but everything seemed sharper and brighter. He walked over and sat on a large brown couch, like he was at home. He continued to stare at me in silence. I said, Would you like to come to the party? But he didn't respond. I poured a glass of water for him. Where are your parents? I asked. I tried to keep my tongue light, but I was dismayed by his lack of response. I sat down on the other end of the large couch, handing him the glass, but he did not take it. Do you live here in this building? I tried again. I live here, he said. Oh, you live here? Oh, that's nice. You live in this building? I asked. No, I live here. I looked around confused and said, Oh, um, where are your parents then? I don't know. They left me here a long time ago. Tears started to well up in his eyes. Can you help me find them? I moved closer on the couch towards him. He started to deeply sob in such a way that it frightened me. They left me here, he cried. I looked at him, and this time I noticed that he was dressed strangely. He had on brown wool pants, a dirty white long-sleeved shirt, and old-fashioned brown shoes that looked like hand-me-downs. Suddenly, I realized that I was dreaming. I woke up, but I was still in the dream. It occurred to me that there is something very wrong with this boy. An alarming thought ran through my mind. He is dead, and his parents are not coming back. Could I stay with you until my mum comes for me? An intense fear grabbed hold of me. Suddenly, I couldn't move or speak. I woke up, my heart racing with fear. I looked around to see where I was, but it was dark. The bathroom door was open, but the lights were off. I wondered if Tracy got up and turned it off. I reassured myself that she did, and I tried to go back to sleep. 
Needless to say, I didn't sleep very well at all. The next morning, we got up and took a walk to get some breakfast, and I asked Tracy if she turned the bathroom light off last night. No, I was pretty knocked out. Why? she asked. I told her in detail about the vivid dream. I wonder if he was the one we heard running away when we first got in last night, Tracy said. Well, that's a disturbing thought, I added. That day, we did a lot of sightseeing and shopping. Our final stop was the Terror Museum, or the House of Terror. I wanted to visit to take pictures of the facade. The walls are lined with pictures of the victims of those detained, tortured or killed in that building and in Budapest during World War II, and the communist era in general. We decided to go inside and learn more about the history of Budapest. Apparently, in 1945, during World War II, the Soviets heavily bombed Budapest, destroying and damaging more than 80% of the buildings in the town. All seven bridges spanning the river were destroyed. The very area and the bridges we were staying by were most likely destroyed as well. The inhabitants of the city were either killed in the bombings or rounded up and taken to camps, and some were lucky enough to escape. I couldn't help but think of the lost boy from my dream. I wondered if his building was destroyed in a bombing, or worse yet, something happened to his parents, and he was left on his own. We went to eat and headed back around 6pm to change and get ready to go out again. It was my birthday, and to celebrate the occasion, we were going to a late-night spa party. This is another iconic feature of Budapest. It is known as the City of Spas, as there are so many natural geothermal springs located throughout the city. People visit from all over the world for their healing properties, or, in our case, to go on an all-night spa party. At around 9pm that night, we headed over to Sachenyi Baths for the party. The spa is a beautiful indoor and outdoor space that houses two round hot tub pools and an Olympic-sized warm pool. The party exceeded my expectations, with a DJ booth blasting dance music, fire dances on either side of the main pool, numerous bars and a light show and other entertainment going on until 2am. Although it was my birthday, I stuck to the two free drink tickets that were included in admission. We left a little before the party ended at around 1am to avoid any issues getting a cab back. Sadly, we were leaving early the next morning to hop on a plane to our next destination. Part of me was a little relieved that we only needed to spend one more night in the apartment. When we got back, Tracy went directly into her bedroom, closing the glass doors firmly behind her. Getting ready for bed, Back in the tiny bathroom, I kept thinking about the boy from the dream. It was so real. I've had some paranormal experiences in the past, but I was not prepared to deal with the spirit of a lost child. This time, 
As I exited the bathroom, I left the light on and the door wide open. Laying on my back in bed, I could see the light streaming into the dark room from the bathroom. I turned over on my side, away from the door, to get some sleep. When I heard a click, I quickly sat up. The bathroom light had turned off. Tracy? I called out, thinking she must have gotten up to use the bathroom. But there was no reply. Only darkness and silence. The light must be on a timer, I thought, wondering how the light could go out two nights in a row. Then I heard the bathroom door slowly creaking. My heart started to pound from fear. Hello? I called out in the darkness. I got up and turned the bedroom light on. I thought of waking Tracy up, but then somehow found the courage to deal with this myself. Reluctantly, I walked to the bathroom and pushed the door back open slowly. Then I quickly pulled the chain to turn the light back on. I inspected the light, but there was not a timer or any reason the light should be clicking off. I went back to bed, but before I could even get in, I heard the bathroom door slowly creak again. Now terrified, I went back and closed the bathroom door tightly. I quickly opened the other door to Tracy's room to see if she was awake, but she was sound asleep. This time, I closed the bedroom door before climbing back into bed. I started to feel extremely sick. First, a strong suffocating pressure enveloped my body, followed by a strange wave of sadness and despair. It was so overwhelming that I didn't know what to do. I propped pillows up behind me, hoping that the bad feeling would eventually pass. But the more I pushed the feelings out of my awareness, the worse they became. I began to feel cold, chilled to the bone in fact, which was strange because it was unseasonably warm for mid-May. I pulled the covers up around me, but it didn't help. This was more of an internal chill, similar to when you have a fever. Once again, I got out of bed, this time to put on a sweatshirt and socks. Sitting on the edge of the bed, I tried to rationalise what was happening to me, but I knew I was feeling the same overwhelming fear, loss and despair that the little boy was feeling. It was the same feeling that I'd experienced in the dream the night before. It felt as though, like in the dream, that he was once again sitting next to me, staring at me with those dark brown eyes. I finally whispered, What do you want from me? Is there something I can do to help you? But of course, there was no reply. It must have been around 7am when Tracy woke me up. During my short time asleep, I suffered more restless dreams, filled with fleeting images of the boy wandering around the halls of the vacant building. I woke up with the same feelings of apprehension and dread that I'd fell asleep with. As we were getting ready to leave, 
Tracy noticed that I was wearing a sweatshirt, long pants and gym shoes. I'm boiling in here, are you not hot? she said. I'm not feeling well, I quietly said. You've got a hangover from two beers, she laughed. Still disturbed from everything that had happened, I didn't want to say anything to Tracy until I felt better. Can we just get out of here, I said. Once outside, I told Tracy that I felt terrible and if I didn't feel better soon, we may need to go to a clinic. But after getting a few doors away from the building, the bad feelings began to subside. By the time we got half a block away, I no longer felt nauseous and sick. Warmth started to return to my body, and I took the sweatshirt off. When we got to the cab stand, a full block or so away, I started to feel normal. In the cab, on the way back to the airport, I felt well enough to explain to Tracy what happened. I was surprised to hear that she also thought it was the lost boy from my dream, and that maybe he had died in the building. I never mentioned the lost boy again to Tracy, but I do think about him from time to time. I replayed the events of that weekend over and over in my mind, wondering if there was anything that I could have done to help him. I still wonder if he's still wandering the empty halls of that building, waiting for his parents to return. Thank you so much to Christine for sharing her true personal paranormal experience with the show. I could picture that boy to a T, and let me just say, the version of him I have in my mind, I hope, doesn't visit me in any dreams I have in the future. I've actually had the fortune to go to Budapest and visit some of the ruin bars you mention in your experience. We also stayed on the very street the Terror Museum is on. So I've seen firsthand the type of buildings you describe within that story. Budapest is a wonderful place. I would suggest anyone who can go visit there does. But you will see firsthand be that in the ruin bars or on one of the many tours that you can take in the city, the scars and pockmarks that were left on the city of Budapest following World War II. It truly can be a humbling experience. Once again, Christine, thank you so much for sending us your experience. And I will state once more, if you have a personal paranormal experience, please email it over to the show. Simply email thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com. It really is an absolute treat to receive ghost stories or paranormal experiences that I previously have never heard into that email box. I hope you join me again next week. And in the meantime, don't forget, when discussing the paranormal, leave your disbelief on the coat hook. And I'll see you next time in the dark paranormal.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.